Attention, this important consumer alert is brought to you by the Structured Settlement Cash Hotline. Did you know it's possible to receive upfront money in one large payment from your Structured Settlement? Yes, you can. If you're receiving a Structured Settlement spread out over time and you want to access your money today, call us. It's your future cash. Why not put it in your hands today? Don't wait any longer. This is the best solution if you need money to pay your bills or even help a family member who's been affected during this global time of crisis. Everyone needs a little money right now, and our hotline is here for you. If you have a structured settlement where you're getting money spread out over time and you want it faster, call now. This simple 10-minute call can get your money now. The call is free and it costs you nothing. 800-965-7987. 800-965-7987. 800-965-7987. That's 800-965-7987. We are the real Brady Bros. Brady Brothers from the TV show Brady Bunch. I'm Barry Williams. And I'm Christopher Knight. I played Greg and uh, who were you again? I played Peter. We've decided that we're going to do a podcast around episodes of The Brady Bunch. We're going to use it as a prism to look back to our experience doing the show and why The Brady Bunch is still popular. Have a sunshine day. We are The Real Brady Bros. Hi, this is Eric Roberts, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Peace out. Thanks for the memory. Of tinkling temple bell, alma mater yell, and Cuban rum and towels from the very best hotels. Oh, how lovely it was. Ed Robertson, welcoming back to TV Confidential, a radio talk show about television that will spend the next hour or so talking about Bob Hope, the legendary comedian whose band, I mean, you talk about longevity. Bob Hope pretty much worked. Pretty much up until the day he died, or not too far away from that. Uh, so, you know, seven decades, not too many people can make that claim. And uh, sitting across from me right now is the man who, who wrote for Bob Hope the, the last, um, roughly the last, what, three decades of Hope's career? Yeah, uh, well, more like two. I, I was with him from 1977 to 92 when he stopped doing television. And, yeah, you're right. He, uh, he worked well, well into his late 80s. And until he literally just couldn't do it anymore, and uh, he lived for it. He lived for the for the laughs and the applause. And uh, he was he was something. We were just talking earlier about. He's been gone ten years, and just seems like I talked to him on the phone yesterday. You know, <laughs> used to call three or four times a day. As a matter of fact, as we record this conversation, it is May 29th, which would have been uh, Bob Hope's 110th birthday if, if folks yep. were around today uh sitting across from me is bob mills as bob just mentioned bob wrote for bob hope the last 13 years he was on nbc television from 1979 through 1992 77 actually i was hired off the dean martin rose so you've so you've written for network television about 20 years uh, the last uh, 15 of which exclusively yeah, for bob right, hope right a couple of years ago, Bob published a really excellent book called The Laugh Makers, a behind-the-scenes tribute to Bob Hope's incredible gag writers, which not only uh, serves as a sort of professional biography of Bob Hope, but it, it, it really brings you back 
to the last great days of the network variety show. And uh, so it is living, breathing television history. We'll tell you where you can find that in, in just a second. But as we formally introduce you and welcome you back to the program, it's hard to believe it's been it's been four years since we last had you on. Yeah, that's right. And uh, a lot of jokes under the bridge since then. <laughs> a lot of jokes under the bridge, oh, a lot yeah, of water on the bridge, yeah. a lot of cruises. I mean, you know, you've yeah. I know you've, uh, the last 10 years, uh, Bob Mills has been sort of keeping the memory of Bob Hope alive through a traveling uh, road show that plays very well on a lot of cruise ships and it has taken you to various locales, some of which uh, you went went to the first time when we when you were with Hope yourself. Yeah, we did travel with him uh, on the road and we were in Tahiti. We were just talking about a, a show we did there with uh, Jonathan Winters and Glenn Campbell. And But you're right about the, uh, the tail end of variety and when I began working for Bob in the late 70s, 1977, uh, he was pretty much uh, the last guy who was doing a regular a regular uh, variety show that was on with any consistency. I think when I first joined him, we would do about uh, seven or eight uh, shows a year, about once a month on average. And uh, I had a sense at the time that I was lucky to have been uh, given the opportunity to uh, be a part of an era that will just never come back again, unfortunately. It was a perfect storm of show business. I, I look back and people on the cruise ships will ask me, why can't they do television today like variety shows like we did then? And um, I think one of the reasons is that there was such a talent pool back then. Uh, when I think of all of the people that we uh, had as guest stars, and a lot of them had been in vaudeville, a lot of them had been in movies, they were rich in talent and experience, and most of them could dance and sing and do sketches. And so you could get a lot out of guests, and Hope always would uh, would book guests with that in mind, taking full advantage of, say, Sammy Davis Jr., because the wonderful sketch player obviously a wonderful dancer, and he's a singer and an impressionist. And Think of all of the things that uh, that one guy did. He was just a, a show business phenomenon. But there were people who had learned the business in vaudeville like George Burns and had been around for years, and uh, those were the people who, who drove a variety in those days. And you see these black-and-white uh, recall-type shows and. uh like Ed Sullivan, and mm -hmm. you see those acts, and uh, it would be very difficult today. I mean, if you uh, if you wanted to put together a, a variety show, you have some stars, but in those days, you had different kinds of performers. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think the closest thing to a variety show today would be something like Dancing with the Stars, and only because. Dancing with the Stars is something that anyone in the family, no matter how old they are, could yeah. watch. And they, and in a lot of cases, it's a show that families watch together, which is often the case with some of the great variety shows, particularly in the era uh, when you wrote them, Bob. Yeah, that's right. And uh, uh, now it's much more uh, narrow casting instead of broadcasting, mm -hmm. where uh, you have specific interests in you. But that was... Of interest to the whole family, and and I have a lot of people that will send me uh, emails, and they'll say, "I remember growing up 
uh, with my parents, and we'd sit around every year and watch the Bob Hope Christmas special. It was like a perennial, you know, tradition. There were others that were around back then. I think um, Andy Williams had mm-hmm. one. Glenn Campbell had one for a while, Bing Crosby. But uh, it was a time when the talent pool was very, very deep, and we had access to all of it because of Hope's icon status in the business. I mean, who would turn down uh, a Bob Hope show? If they were available, they were on. And uh, we would sit around literally uh, over in Burbank at at the production office there and put a show together Mm -hmm. just off the top of our head. He'd say, who should we call? And he had his agent, Elliot Kozak, there. And we'd say, well, we're thinking about a sketch, uh, say we're doing a football sketch. We'd do a sketch about the first female commissioner of football there had never been one still haven't been mm-hmm. one but it would be a it'd be a funny sketch but we were thinking in terms of liz taylor now you know liz taylor come on hey elliot call and elliot would run out of the room <laughs> come back in five minutes and say she wants to know what weekend you would need her right so then it just got to be a matter of scheduling and, and this we, is someone who probably said okay because it was bob hope asking also because she had uh, causes and he knew she had causes mm-hmm. like uh, she did an AIDS benefit every year at Wolf Trap back east and uh, she could sell tickets and uh, get donations for her cause uh, promising Bob Hope would be there and he would show up and, and it would be a barter thing which he loved anyway mm-hmm. because uh, the IRS had nothing to do with it. So, <laughs> no, he, he, he invented that back in radio. Yeah. He went to a couple of other big stars like Jack Benny and uh, uh, Fred Allen. There, there's a name that goes back, but That's he right. had a radio show. That's right. And uh, Bob would say, you know, we're crazy to be paying people to come on our show when we could just appear on each other's show and uh, it would be a barter. And it was. And, you know, the IRS hated that. You know. <laughs> Don't tell them that I'm laughing at them because they're in, uh, they're getting some bad press lately. But Yes, they have. Yeah. It, it wasn't one of uh, Hope's favorite governmental agencies, let me put it that way. So he was always looking to, uh, you know, save a buck here and there. But uh, that, that went back, and, and they called them cameos, where you could just have somebody, uh, and he even did it in movies. They mm-hmm. used to do it in the road pictures. If someone was shooting a film on the same lot, Paramount, uh, at the same time, they'd say, why don't you drop over and we'll write a little something. And they would just write him into the plot somehow, and all of a sudden you'd see Jimmy Cagney. That dance that they do that's mm-hmm. had like and three the, million... In the, in the seven, uh, seven Little Voice. That was one of those impromptu drop-in things. Yeah. And uh, the director, named uh, Mel Shavelson, mm-hmm had reserved a set for Monday morning, and the scene had been cut. So he said, I have a set uh, done, uh, uh, available on Monday, and uh, they were dancing and pretending Mm -hmm. that they were like a hoofing uh, team in vaudeville because they both danced well. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Mel said, why don't you work on something over the weekend, and then on uh, Monday, do it, and we'll film it, and we'll put it in uh, in the picture. So... That's how that came about, sh- just by chance. And it's fabulous. You look at the two of them there, and they they worked like mad because they were both consummate pros and uh, weren't going to do anything but their best. And it was a contest, too. They wanted to show the other one, you know, take this, take that. And it was. I look at it every once in a while, and it's just a great uh, piece of dancing, you know. If you haven't seen it, look uh, on YouTube. It's on uh, 
uh, Jimmy Cagney and and Bob Hope. Yeah, seven, uh, uh, seven Little Foys. I yeah. think 1955 was the right. year that the, That's uh, the, the movie it was, was in. Was released. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.